the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. They are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. How many of you believe that? The faithfulness of the Lord. There, all you gotta do is get up, honey. All you gotta do is wake up one more time and new mercy is there for a new day. You don't have to dread it. Open your eyes, put your feet on the ground and tell the devil your worst nightmare just woke up. I'm going to, I'm going to pay you back everything you You've taken from me and then some. You better be, you better hope I sleep in today because the minute my eyes wake up and my prayer language starts flowing out of me, I'm coming after every demon in that's been assigned to my life and I will not stop until the house is clean. I will not stop until the children have calmed down. I will not stop until the marriage is at peace. I will not stop until the bank account has something in it. I will not stop until there's food on the table. I will will not be quiet because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You've got to believe that God has created a new season for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of people walk into a year like this with a lot of questions. What is God's will for my life? Maybe you're one of those. Am I walking in the will of God? What can I do to improve my life? That's what all the New Year's resolutions are about. I hate to say this, but Statistically, they last until February, so good luck. I quit joining the gym because I always quit in February, so I just quit joining it. Uh, I, just, no, I just try to walk a lot now. <laughs> what can I do to improve my life? Am I, am I on a good trajectory? Think of your life five years from now on the trajectory you're on. Do you like the end of that story? Think of your life five years from now on the trajectory that you're on and ask yourself, if I'm this way now and I stay on this trajectory, what am I gonna look like in five years? Something needs to change now. Think about that. What relationships in my life are priority? What does God want from me this year? What is my purpose? Why am I here? So that is why I have to remind you. So I wanna go back to the text and pick up there. And this is why I have to remind you that with all those questions and all these new assignments and all these new alignments in your life, God is sending you 10 thousand teachers, 10,000 teachers. I want us to look at the text one more time, and I want you to get this in your spirit. If you'll put that back up here for me, guys. For though I might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, everybody say in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for in Christ I've begotten you through the gospel. You have 10,000 instructors, not in the world, but those that Christ has sent you those that the Holy Spirit have ordained for you. These are people who will come into your life and teach you what you need to know. Now, a spiritual father or mother is a wonderful thing to have. Everyone doesn't get that. Some people have had more than one. Some people have never had one. And here's the difference. A spiritual father or mother carries the heart of the Heavenly Father within them, and they will love and care for God's children because they're His, and they will take you on as a personal as a, a, not a personal project, but as a personal relationship, and they will do life with you. So spiritual fathers and mothers are a different kind of relationship. But here's the thing. They don't just love you. They also correct you. And if you're not letting them correct you, you're not in the right relationship. Because fathers and mothers are there to help you see the way. And so part of that is loving you through your circumstances, but the other part of that is guiding you and directing you, and if necessary, correcting you in that path as well. 
Now, your natural parents, they're going to feed you, hopefully, and clothe you. All of this is hopefully. They're supposed to cleave, feed you and clothe you and care for you when you're sick, discipline you, and celebrate you. They help you find your identity and help you to understand who you really are in Christ. And they, they walk you through what we now call rites of passage. Now, they're different for every family. For rites of passage in some families, you're a man after you've killed your first deer, right? So that's, that's some families. And some of you belong, some of you are saying, yeah, that's how my dad thinks. You're, you're, you're a man after you killed your first deer. Uh, in some families, you're a woman after you've baked your first cake, right? So every family is different. Every, every family has their own rites of passages of what they want to bring you up in. Well, they're going to walk you through these all throughout your life. And the goal of parenting is to help you survive on your own. The goal of parenting is not to take care of you for the rest of your life. That's called codependency. And that's not God's plan, and that's not a good plan for anybody. So God's plan is not codependency. God's plan is for you to raise up adults who are responsible, can make good decisions, and can do things on their own. How many of you would agree with that analysis? All right? That is the goal. Well, spiritual parents do the same thing. Spiritual parents are, are not just trying to be there always to catch you. They're trying to get you from stumbling. They're trying to keep you strong. They're trying to be there to help you to walk on your own and be able to pray your own prayers and lay hands on your own head and get out your own oil and anoint your own house. They're there to get you stronger. They're there to, to, they're, they're there to teach you and help you to be accountable for your actions. They're there to help you stay committed to God. Your spiritual parents are a source of spiritual resource or resources for you. They're there to bless you, equip you, encourage you, to lay their hands upon you, pray prayers over you, encourage you, strengthen you. That's what spiritual parents do. But that's not what teachers do. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. So teachers aren't there to hug on you. They're there to teach you. And you don't have to like your teacher to learn from them. And the teacher doesn't have to like you to teach you something. A teacher doesn't know all the answers. No teacher, no preacher has all the answers. They have a skill set that they've been given, and they can give you what they have. That's why Peter and, and John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'll give to you. So every teacher does not have all the answers and cannot be, you cannot imitate teachers. That's why Paul said, imitate me, I'm your father. I'm walking through life with you. Do as I do. Walk in my footsteps. That's a father and a mother. A teacher is a person who gives you a skill set or information to help you make good decisions in your life. But they're not responsible for you. Listen, I, I've been a pastor for more than half my life. You know, I've been a, a lot more than half my life now that I think about it. And, and my wife has had to constantly remind me, she's one of my teachers. You know, uh, some people say, I hate it when my wife sounds like God. I kind of like it when she sounds like God because I, I need to hear all that as much as I can. But my redhead, she, she has reminded me over and over and over, you're responsible to the people. You're not responsible for the people. 
Because I'm one of those shepherds that my heart breaks when, when the sheep get in trouble. I'm one of the, I just want to rescue everybody. That's just my nature. I'm a fix-it guy. I want to find a solution. I want to say, no, don't worry. I'll do that for you. And she has to remind me with the Holy Spirit, no, you're responsible to people. You're responsible to tell them the truth and give them the word and help them to grow. But you can't be responsible for what they do or do not do with that information. You can't go and live people's lives for them. They're going to live it however they want to live, but you're responsible to them. And every teacher in this room, you're responsible to the ones God's called you to teach. But if they don't do what you've told them to do, that's not, your, that's, that's not because you failed. If you've done a good job and you've given the Lord excellent and you've given them excellence, you've done what you're supposed to do. So a teacher, it can be a person you've never actually met before. How many of you have been mentored through a podcast? How many of you have read a book that changed your life, but you never met the author? All right. So how many of you have heard a TV preacher preach, and they inspired you and caused you to live a better life, but you've never actually shaken their hand? They're not your spiritual father. They're not your spiritual mother. They did not put their arm around you, but they are your teacher. So how many of you have gotten a prophetic word from a man or woman of God, and you hung on to that prophetic word, but you don't really know them personally. You don't, you don't know what they eat for breakfast. All you know is that God used them to speak into your life. That's what teachers do. And so the Lord says, I'm going to send you whatever you need. I'm going to send you 10,000 of these. I'm going to send you someone to help you with your homework, that's from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. So here's what we do often in the church. We make it all spiritual. Well, the Holy Ghost is going to come down. My eyes are going to roll back. My hand's going to shake a little bit, and I'm going to get this tingle in my back. And my hair's going to stand up on my arm, and now I know the Holy Ghost is here, and I'm going to feel better when I leave. What if he sends you somebody to show you how to change a tire? And you didn't get any tingles, and your eyes didn't roll back, and you, you didn't get any hair standing up. But what if he sends you, what if he sends you somebody, what if he sends an angel to fix your car? I believe that happens all the time. I believe the Lord puts angels in our path all the time. I believe there are people who've walked up to you and given you information that you've never met. It was a total stranger, and I believe they were a divine messenger from God Almighty. I believe that. You don't have to see their halos in there. By the way, I taught a course at ISO on the expository study of angels. Not one angel in the Bible has a halo. So be careful if you see angels with halos. Uh, that's, I'm just saying, you know, the Italian artist gave us that idea, but there's none in the Bible. They're just trying to show you glory around them. I get that. Not every angel had wings. Some angels showed up looking like people. The ones that showed up at Sodom and Gomorrah to rescue Lot looked like men. The ones who showed up and to bless Samuel's parents looked like men. The ones who showed up ate a meal with Abraham after he slaughtered the, the lamb and prepared the meal. And they sat there and talked to them and ate a meal with him. And they looked like men and they didn't even know. The fourth man in the fire looked like a man in the fire. So angels don't always show up fluttering and saying, behold. Usually they followed up with, be not afraid. <laughs> because if you do, everybody wants to see an angel until they see an angel. It's like, whoo, I don't want to see a seraphim. Those creatures are made of fire. And, you know, we, we want to do that. So, yeah, I think you have. If you ask me, Dr. B, do you believe that almost everyone in this room has seen an angel? I would say without a doubt. I would say all God's people have. 
I would say that they're among us and walking among us and giving us information. I would say they're with us all the time. I would say they're camping on the parking lot and they're camping at your house for the angels of the Lord encamp round about those who fear him and deliver them. And he didn't say you had to be a preacher. And he didn't say you had to have an, ordain, an ordination. He said, if you fear the Lord, there's angels camping at your house. I believe that. I believe that God sends divine messengers all the time to teach you what you need to know. So the greatest teacher in the world, obviously, is the Holy Spirit. And get this, you can't measure his IQ. He's omniscient. How do you measure omniscient? There's no measurement for that, which means he knows everything. And listen to what the Bible says about that. Don't, don't skip this part. If you guys pull up... Um, I want to read this in John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you, what are the next two words? Wait a minute. Say that again. Wait, wait a minute. What does that mean? Does that mean how to quote scriptures? No, it says all things. He'll teach you how to do anything you need to learn how to do. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.